0: Hello everybody and welcome to a very special episode of the Football Ramble Brought to you in partnership with Toshiba TV I'm Marcus Speller I'm Andy Brassel And I'm Jim Campbell Today we're talking World Cup classic combinations. That's because Toshiba TV and Argos have a classic combo of their own ahead of this year's World Cup. Toshiba TV and Argos are offering a free second-generation ring video doorbell with its 43-inch and 50-inch Toshiba Fire TV models. Go beyond streaming with the voice remote with Alexa. Simply press and ask for the latest scores, weather and more. Bundled until November 14th at Argos, the Toshiba Fire TV supports live picture-in-picture camera feeds from your brand-new second-gen ring video doorbell. That means you'll never miss out on the action again. Search for Toshiba Fire TV on Argos for more information. So, ahead of the World Cup starting later this month, we're here to talk to you about a classic combo from World Cup's past. It features two legends of the game at the peak of their powers, where one wink will be remembered forever. It's Cristiano Ronaldo and Wayne Rooney at the 2006 World Cup. Gentlemen, we're gathered here today <laughs> to remember uh, Wayne Rooney and Cristiano Ronaldo at the 2006 World Cup. Of course, England managed by sven Joran Eriksson and uh, whoever was managing Portugal, Andy, at the time. Um, but yes, but it was, it was quite the World Cup. And, and, and a lot of focus was on these two players ahead of the tournament. Uh, of course, and they were teammates at Manchester United at they the time. They
1: yeah, they had been for a while, would not they? It was Rooney's second season at United, Ronaldo's third. Both pretty well established at that point. Mm. So big superstars. And actually, there's a really interesting thing that happens at the start of the game, where we didn't really have a word for shit housing at the time. Yes. but it would absolutely uh, have fallen under that bracket. Yes, uh, where Ronaldo just sort of barges Rooney like yeah. just before the kickoff and says something to him, mm-hmm. and you don't see what it is, and it it doesn't. There's a bit of commentary over it when you look back at it now, where it's like, is that just a bit like mm. you know friendly? F- I don't I don't know what friendly camaraderie it's like and the, the, the kind of commentators seem to agree that yes it is just teammates you know mm-hmm. acknowledging each other but it doesn't actually look like that at all it looks like Ronaldo's trying to get in Rooney's head yeah. which at the time it's important to remember was very very easy yes indeed.
2: it was. it turns out you're a lot braver when you've got Luis Felipe Scolari to answer your previous question there he is. you
0: Big Phil well Big Phil was in charge at Euro 2004 yes with, with Portugal and, uh, and obviously um, Rooney and Ronaldo had sort of burst onto the international scene in that tournament Rooney in particular from an English point of view he was phenomenal in that tournament and Ronaldo in Portugal went all the way to the final at home and were beaten of course by Greece which was, which was an absolute sickness. What a time. Yeah, <laughs> indeed it was. Uh, but England played Portugal in the quarterfinal in 2004 at the Euros. And of course, as you were mentioning there, Jim, they would face each other again in the quarterfinals at uh, the World Cup in 2006. Uh, both games would, would, would be won by Portugal on penalties. Now, Rooney was forced off halfway through uh, the first half uh, in that game, regrettably from an English point of view, through uh, a foot injury. And, uh, and, it's when his, his boot came off, wasn't it? it? That's yes. right, yeah. Uh-huh. And he, obviously he was England's best player. I mean, I, I can't really remember another, another time when a player had lit up a tournament for England in such a way. You know, yeah. He was phenomenal. Yeah, no, and really I think you,
2: think you think about his strength and how he was absolutely walking on water during that tournament. Mm-hmm. So the combination of what he was intrinsically mm-hmm. and how he was playing at that time. I remember watching that with some friends Um, either either our our house or a pub and um, a couple of people going it's fine run it off it's obvious (laughs) obvious he was done well he did actually have a go at that he did yeah and
0: of course injury would play its part in the uh, the Rooney 2006 World Cup story as well which we'll get to in a bit mm. but that season at Manchester United 2005-2006 it, it actually we should say it got off to a terrible start for, for Manchester United um, because uh, Phil Neville left the club on the 4th of August <laughs> to Everton <laughs> we um, thought is this it yeah exactly he, yeah. Will,
1: will Alex Ferguson survive
0: this well <laughs> and, and Neville of course he could play a number of positions uh, and, and and perhaps Ferguson was, was well aware of that which is why they brought in Patrice Everett and Nemanja Vidic in the transfer window in January to try and sort of cover for, for Alfizza.
2: who turned out to be United legends just not in this season
0: yes uh, other, yeah indeed yeah. but Manchester United became second in the league and won the league cup but Rooney and Ronaldo made the PFA team of the year that, that season is a little factoid for you uh, Ronaldo scored Manchester United's 1000th Premier League goal mm. that year you see he didn't get the previous 999, although one may think that because of his scoring record, but uh, but it shows you know that they were going, they, they they were doing great stuff together on the pitch at Manchester United. As I say, both in that PFA Team of the Year, um, and uh, and so with and an, an, both having an, an impressive international tournament behind them, and then at club level, it's it, it, it's beginning to happen for them very much so. Uh, all the focus really from certainly in this country was on those two players in in particular, um, Ronaldo as well he was already opposition fans didn't like him and would no. take the mick is I suppose the kind of diplomatic mm. way of putting that because he was very flash and very yes, uh, you know a handsome young lad as well all the things that your average yeah. English fan doesn't appreciate there were a lot, of,
1: a lot of factors in that as well do you remember he, I mean, he had braces when he turned up oh, he yeah. was pictured holding hands with his mum so there was a lot of like that little blonde streak yeah a lot of different like pathetic kind of <laughs> levels of attack on ronaldo at that point and I also
0: you're going to call him pathetic after <laughs> he was a teenager
1: but the idea was at the time as well and it's it's easy to forget this it wasn't like oh united have got this promising youngster mm. it's like united have signed the future best player in the world mm. that that hype was always with him and i think that made him a target straight away didn't it well, people think... were a bit worried that it was going to come true so they were trying to sort of break his mind. Mm.
2: Yes, I, I mean, I do wonder, it, although Euro 2004 was heartbreaking for Ronaldo on a personal level, I mean, we were discussing this earlier, weren't we, Jim? And I, I can't remember a player really sobbing so unconsolably yeah. as Ronaldo at the end of that 2004 final in, in, mm. in, in Lisbon when they lost to Greece, having lost the opening game of the, the, the tournament to them as well. But it, it felt to me like that was the moment Euro 2004 did united a massive favor because Ronaldo considerably grew in stature mm. at that time. You know, it, you still at that time had players like um Rui Costa, Luis Figo in that Portugal side. So it wasn't like in the future where Ronaldo would just pick up Portugal and put the team on his back, but it was the moment where he started Realizing that he had a responsibility in this team, even a team of old heads. And, you know, we can talk, we'll go on to talk about the England golden generation, I'm sure. But this was really the the sort of dying embers of the Portuguese golden generation who'd won the under 20 World Cup together.
0: That's a very good point to make, Andy, indeed. And Ronaldo himself was also showing signs that he wasn't one to just be, um, you know, silenced or, or, or intimidated by people who would try and push him around or try and. Just sort of opposition fans shouting him. So I mean, it, that season he, he swore at Benfica fans, got a one match ban. He he booted Andy. Yeah, Cole. the
2: pixelated middle finger.
0: That's right. Yeah, uh, he booted Andy Cole and got a red card against Manchester City. Uh, you know, you, you, there was a training ground spat with Rude van Nistelrooy, which I think like facilitated van Nistelrooy's move away from Manchester yeah. United. Yeah. In my memory serves me well. So so again, he was. It's hard to say, sort of tempestuous, but he he, he certainly. W- Showed that he was aware of, of the criticisms and he was aware what people would say to him. And sometimes he would react. But actually, as time started to go on, how he would react would be to mug all the opposition fans and players yeah. off by scoring a lot of goals and <laughs> putting in
1: performance We learned, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll come on to it, but the incident in 2006, I think the, the hatred for him after that was mm-hmm. it wasn't quite a you know effigies of David Beckham levels but it was it was very bad Yeah, and I think we learned a harsh lesson about what happens when you boo Ronaldo there <clears throat> yeah. because it just made him better didn't
0: it indeed it did yeah uh, Wayne Rooney uh, of course um, was uh, a very tempestuous player it's fair to say and it, there was a race for him to be fit for, for the World Cup in 2006 and he said that he revealed that he wasn't actually fit because we thought it was the foot injury the old metatarsal which yes. David Beckham got done with before World Cup 2002 but recently he he revealed that he g- got an injury when he was doing the crossbar challenge in training. Yeah. He said, we went out onto the pitch jogging and there was a ball by the halfway line. I kicked it trying to hit the crossbar and pulled my groin. I had a six centimetre tear in my groin, which I didn't report to the physios. It was naive, of course, but you want to play. You want to play for your country. It shows you how well he knows his body. Oh,
1: that's six centimetres. Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: That's not good. I don't know how he knew that. Maybe after the... Uh, everything had calmed down he had a proper look at I have I, no idea but I take my hat off to him if he's that accurate um, but this was in the, you know a recent documentary and the England manager Sven-Jorn Eriksson said he didn't know about this so he kept that he left out the bit where he said he didn't ask <laughs> well yeah, uh, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah with Rudy I mean because a groin injury is one that you can still play on mm, it but it will limit you though won't it well of course it will limit you but it's not like a hamstring or a quad or something no. like that even a calf injury you can't but it is the ultimate
1: he's not fit injury, isn't it? You can see when a player's yes. not 100% and it's, the, the, the
0: groin's going to do that. Yeah. Well, before that, there had been disagreements between Old Svenigans and uh, Sir Alex Ferguson around Rooney's metatarsal injury, which, of course, he, uh, he did against uh, Chelsea in uh, April 2006. And that was a strange one because he, he later admitted that he'd put on longer studs because he wanted to, in his words, hurt someone. Yeah. Mm. Um, he said Chelsea needed a point to win the league and at that time I couldn't take it. I changed my studs. The, sta- the, the studs were legal, um, but they were bigger than I'd normally wear. Yeah. And I remember that... There was a rage in that young man, wasn't there? Yeah, well, I remember when it happened and he went down hurt and everyone went, oh, no, mm. because everybody knew he's only World, World Cup's only a couple of months away. And even Joe Cole, bearing in mind he's playing for Chelsea going for the league title which of course they won said after the game when he went down I, th- I thought to myself oh no not Wayne you know so it was a huge thing yeah, and, and four years previously we'd had old uh, David Beckham with the metatarsal injury and all that nonsense and his foot was put on a front page of one of the newspapers so we could you know Yuri Geller would lead us in the, sort of the healing march <laughs> yeah. um, God, when you have to pull out Geller you know there's no other option there's nothing left no exactly and and, and you know Geller has uh, helped us out it's many worse times worse than giving up back <laughs> <laughs> you no, know, we're not going to go.
1: <laughs> no, just try Yuri. Go on.
0: Well, he's bailed us out a couple of times. Penalty at your 96. Yeah. <laughs> Beckham's foot. I'd like to think he played his part here. But he was involved, you know, for the push to get Rooney fit. The world's greatest living prat. <laughs> <laughs> but of course there was therefore chat about this. There it was, it was all sorts of things. Do you remember when some of the stories were... That he might sleep in—I can't remember what it was—but it was like a deoxygenated tent yeah. or something to try and, yeah. you know, shave a few days off the recovery or something. Suddenly, okay. it, 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 Wayne Rooney's foot, like Beckham's previously, it was like, "Oh, this is make or break time. This, this is this is determines whether we win the yeah. World Cup." Or Hello, it. NASA. You yeah. got anything for
2: us? <laughs> it was like that. It, it was, and you know, it's very much part of the World Cup experience, mm. isn't it? Banking heavily on players who probably aren't fit. Um, because you know there is the sense that it happens every four years but I think particularly what you were talking about before Marcus with the sense that what had happened in in Euro 2004 he was clearly a better player globally than he had been in Euro 2004 and I don't think it's unreasonable to say obviously a lot of Portuguese will believe that 2004 should have been their tournament Mm -hmm. and that they they, they should have gone on to win it in the final um, rather than Greece but I think you can make a strong argument that if Rooney stays fit, England win Euro 2004. Because up to that point, he was maybe the best player in the tournament. He was fantastic.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. And of course, there was uh, a little bit of a disagreement between Svenja Eriksson and, and, and Sir Alex Ferguson about whether Rooney would go to the World Cup. Ferguson, not one to try and uh, help out the England team, and understandably so. It's not his prerogative. Why would it be? Mm. Um, but uh, Ferguson said um, that he would uh, he would kill him if he took Wayne Rooney. Not you know quite literally. One wouldn't assume. And uh, Sven's response was, uh, "Alex, go on holiday. I'm taking Wayne Rooney, and we are going to the World Cup. Sorry." And apparently just hung up the phone. Yeah,
1: I, I like to think that go on holiday is the Swedish equivalent of I oh, have a day off. yeah exactly because actually again like this people forget that this is what wound everyone else up about Man United so much like you're not the king mate Mm. you don't go around (laughs) making your decrees yes and he he tried to do that all the time not to Sven not Not to Sven Sven or
0: or John Jochelle
1: yeah Alex
0: I will take your wife shut (laughs) up (laughs) Um, and then, uh, if um, if there was any doubt, apparently an independent physio's final test to decide if, if Rooney was fit uh, was to make Rooney stamp on his foot and ask if it hurt. Rooney said no. He said you're fit. And there we are. Wow!
2: You never knew you took a medical at Stoke City, did you?
0: <laughs> so so there we are. Um, and 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 so we get to uh, World Cup 2006 in Germany, of course, and. Rooney said he was feeling it throughout he said I was never right at that tournament physically I was getting pain and, and it was non-stop and I was, of course you know yeah. but but this England team and this is why it was so crucial this England team um, after the kind of highs and lows of the 90s you know Ericsson had come in in 2002 well 2005 but the first tournament was 2002 and 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 this was the one I think that people thought we're building towards this is this is the, the peak of the so-called golden generation this yeah. was the England team that was really meant to challenge uh, because I think at Euro 2004, there was a kind of, a, oh, well, hang on, we've got to, yeah. go, let's see what we can do. And of mm. course, with Rooney and so on, it was there. But you could blame the the, the injury, as you said, Andy. But this was was the side that was going to go
2: in, and win the World Cup. But it's, it's funny, isn't it? Because you think of it as being England's golden generation. Mm-hmm. But really, it was just a case study in how reliant they were on, on Wayne Rooney, mm. which is normal. You know, it's like saying... Argentina are reliant on Messi or Portugal are reliant on Ronaldo. You can't help it when a, when a player is that good, that he makes a massive difference, no matter how many other good players that yeah. you have in your team. Mm. But, you know, even though England got through the group stage only, only dropping at two points, the lack of explosivity in Rooney's game is mirrored by England as a whole. It's all very stodgy. Yeah. Because and a, I think a terrible if you go injury to, for
0: Michael Owen as well.
2: Yes, and exactly, Marcus. And I think if you go back to Euro 2004, the best of England in that really exciting football, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Really exciting football. We don't get any of this in Germany. and that no, it's, the, it's the beginning of that really sort
1: of dour period, isn't it? Although yes. we, still, we still get the glorious failure, so it still feels like England and it mm-hmm. still feels... Mm-hmm. Actually, you get that weird buzz from it and that weird sense <laughs> that like you are going re- <laughs> to perhaps be making a podcast about this in nearly 20 years time because it's so memorable for example Um, but it was the start of the period where it's like we're unlikely to do this about you
0: know England, Algeria from from, uh, South Africa I mean really you're not coming
2: in next week Jim well
0: from from World Cup 2006 even though England got even England they didn't really get going they still got at the quarter final I suppose but yeah, it would take until Russia 2018 for us to have a proper yeah. bit of cheer, which is yeah. which is crazy considering the size of the yeah. population, the wealth of of the, the FA and well, the you know general the, the, the league, the, the, the tradition, and so on. It, it takes
2: just, a rethinking, a whole different approach, basically. Yeah. 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 It,
0: it, it, it's absolute madness. Um, we mustn't forget that Theo Walcott was in the squad, of course, at 16 yeah. years old, despite not making a Premier League appearance. But he would he was in there much to the dismay of of, of many people including uh, Jermaine Defoe of course. Yeah. Um but but yes you're right Andy you know England they did sort of I say breeze through the group. I mean they Paraguay you know it was an own goal early on and then yeah. England, it was again it was a sort of very stodgy it was like a you know,
2: couple of late goals to beat Trinidad and Tobago.
0: Exactly yeah Peter Crouch scoring a lovely header whilst pulling on uh, Brent Sancho's hair to yes. uh, to ensure England uh, weren't embarrassed there um, Joe Cole's great goal against Sweden yeah. that often, was a often gets overlooked that goal yeah.
1: possibly because did he mean it from that far out
0: definitely he yeah. definitely did yeah <laughs> it was it was a bit of a swinger yeah but it was it was you know and he did
2: it in that magnificent red strip as well it was a yeah. lovely red kick really really nice yeah. Yeah. lovely goal
0: yeah indeed yeah and then England beat Ecuador in the second round through a David Beckham free kick
2: but even that game again England
0: didn't look convincing no. Um, so uh, so there we are. Of course, they then find themselves in the quarterfinal against Portugal. And Portugal won all three of their group games. They beat Angola, Iran, and Mexico. The for... most World Cup team. Mexico, yeah. Mm. Mexico versus Portugal. It's very Simpsons esque, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, and then uh, they beat the, the Netherlands in the so called Battle of Nuremberg, which uh, saw a then record 16 yellows and four reds in that game, which is mad. I remember at the time just thinking, this is. I don't. This was an excellent World Cup. Yeah, I mean they all are, yeah. maybe apart from South Africa. South Africa was, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah I, I particularly enjoyed during that last sixteen game between mm. Portugal and the Netherlands. Enough players being sent off that Portuguese and Dutch players were sitting at the bottom of the main stand on the steps at the Deco bottom. Deco Van Bronckhorst. Yeah, chatting to each other while mm. the game was still going on. That was pretty good. That
0: was that was quite a moment, wasn't it? It uh, was. Ronaldo subbed off after thirty-four minutes because he was chopped down. By Khaled Bularous, um, who um Ronaldo described the tackle as clearly an uh, an intentional foul to get me injured. He's never is, done anything like that before. Uh, Khaled Bularouz. No, no, um, no. but yeah, that, that was a that was a crazy game. Um but Portugal managed to get through it and of course faced England in, in the quarterfinals. And with and only a rash it, of suspensions. Exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> indeed, yeah, I forget but but of course the, the talking point and again this game was stodgy, like nil-nil. And then it goes to penalties. And actually, all things considered, after Rooney's red card, it might have been England's best performance of the tournament to be able to kind of... Yeah, but with it, this this goes back to that whole glorious
1: failure thing, though, yeah, doesn't it? Exactly. A lot of, a lot of yes. our best performances in those tournaments mm. were when our backs were against the wall. And it wasn't yeah. actually about showing what you can do to win a game. It's mm. about what you can do to hang in hang in there on a game and not lose it and then actually lose it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the glorious fact that like, yeah, England never kind of have these great performances. You think of Argentina in 98 and obviously this one and one or two others. England never win those games. You think, no. oh, they did really, really well, but actually they still go out. Um, but the talking point, of course, was about an hour into the game when Rooney gets tangled in a challenge with Ricardo Carvalho and then stamps on his uh, nether regions and, of course, got a red card. Now, this... Provided a lot of uh, chat in in England and and on on yeah. punditry duty. There was Ian Wright, Alan Hansen, Alan yeah. Shearer, uh, and Lineker well. was presenting. It's amazing course. watching it back. Now, well, and it? I would implore anybody to watch it back because I suppose in their defence, I mean we can see. It's a red card for the for the stamp. There's no two ways about it. It's not
1: oh. I, I, stamp seems doesn't even seem right. Sort of it's more kick. of a kick, like yeah. a sort of a back heeled kick. True, yeah. Back heels, Carvalho in the balls.
0: Yeah, and 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 I think Ronaldo uh, uh, Rooney has sort of said, or, or maybe it was Ian Wright said that you can see his frustration because he probably should have been. Blown for a free kick before that, but I think maybe to give the referees due, he's letting the game flow. Unfortunately,
1: Rooney... there was no VAR.
0: Indeed, um, but I, well, Rooney would probably have been sent off quicker then. Maybe I don't know, but uh, but you can see Rooney's getting frustrated. Then he's going to kicks out. But the odd thing is though, because people said, "Well, what was he sent off for, Did Ronaldo get Rooney sent off?" And I think people laugh at that suggestion now, which is understandable. But when you watch the footage back, the referee gives the foul. Um, and, and then he just stands there. Yeah. He doesn't then go for the red card. He doesn't go to speak to Rooney. He just stands there. Then Ronaldo comes over and complains. Mm. And then Rooney turns around to Ronaldo and kind of pushes him away. Now, this is, of course, after you've mentioned what happened before the kickoff. So, you know, there's maybe a little bit of tension in the air between the two. Perhaps not. I don't know. But, but, but Rooney then sort of pushes Ronaldo away. And it's at that moment the referee then calls Rooney over and then gives him a red card. So... It's understandable that those BBC pundits were, were questioning, has he sent off Rooney for that little, barely even a push on Ronaldo? Because the way the referee kind of moves and, and flows, it, it, you could be forgiven for thinking that.
2: Yeah, I mean, it was, it was quite messy, the whole situation. Yes, I think the other thing that we forget, looking at it from a modern perspective, is that when you didn't have VAR, mm. it, it, you know, the referee, smart referees, take a breath before they take a decision yeah i i think that was definitely the case here mm-hmm. and you know you, you think a referee sees an incident in the penalty box mm. has a little pause mm-hmm. weighs it up and then makes a decision and yeah. that that was good refereeing mm-hmm. I, I think that was the case here as well
0: mm. well david davis the former exec, executive director of the fa said it was a fact that uh, Ronaldo got Rudy sent off. This shows. Can how that much be
1: a fact? This, <laughs>
0: this shows. No,
1: absolutely not. This shows how much change needed to be made at England, and it wasn't just on the pitch. It wasn't just with the the management style. It was the FA as well, because mm. that that is such just jingoism, isn't it? It's just well, playing play to the you know the gallery. It's really really unhelpful. And looking mm. back at the footage as well, mm. it was part of the punditry as well. And I think. You know, because I think it's him. Right? Goes does he wink there? And obviously that starts the narrative. And of course, it, it, Ronaldo it, did wink, so that starts the narrative. But you can you can hear it all unfolding. Yeah. And Alan Shearer says, I wouldn't be surprised if when they get back to training, Rooney sticks one on him, <laughs> and that became the narrative. Ronaldo and Rooney even had to speak about it. So yeah. look, they think that there's this thing between us. Yeah. And well, directly after carry the game, as,
0: yeah, exactly. In the tunnel, Rooney said, "Look, this is this is going to blow up." I've got no issue with you. And Rooney himself said that he tried to get Ronaldo booked for diving in the first half, and yeah, yeah. and so on. it, it is. Whether you like it or not, football is going to do that. It's it's yeah. Is it part, the part of the game? Quite, quite for a lot of people, it is.
2: It's the interesting thing, isn't it, that Rooney takes the 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 lead in the mop up here because you know he I think maybe understands better mm-hmm. how the English press are going to mm. perceive it. Well, being
0: English, he's not going to yeah, be on the receiving I'd, end I'd, of a lot. Of
2: it. I don't think Ronaldo particularly cares about it. No and maybe doesn't perceive... No, but he did just care.
0: Quite... He did In the interview after, he was like, no, no, I didn't get off, he's my friend. And it, So he did sort of acknowledge the fact, not acknowledge, he did respond to those things. So I think he cared about Rooney.
2: Yeah, uh, I, I, think he, I think he did, and I think that's the thing. You look at how quickly they dealt with all this, hmm. because they need each other. Because they were so, so good together. Yeah. I think that's easily forgotten because they're two outstanding mm-hmm. individuals. Yeah. But there was just... A, a, we're in the middle at this point of what, a three-year period mm. for United where they are absolutely incredible together. And I think it's... If, if you talk about Rooney making the, the running in this situation, mm-hmm. making the lead, I think part of it is the the dynamic of how the situation unfolded. But I think it's also... The incredible drive of Ronaldo that gets him to the point where he eventually ends up in football, Mm -hmm. Rooney really benefited from that Mm. at the the time because you know we always think of Rooney as being fueled by pure rage and (laughs) all that sort of stuff, and it's it's quite a convincing argument. However, how motivated Ronaldo is in every training session—if you ask anyone Mm -hmm. who's ever played with him—and he's you know the greatest trainer that ever was—I think he keeps Rooney in his best place as well as the fact that they interact brilliantly together on the pitch mm. I think it's the whole package that makes Rooney better
0: yeah I agree with you and I think that if you look at the way their careers went I mean look you, <laughs> I think that one of the problems for Rooney is that that you had Messi coming along slightly after this Ronaldo suddenly becoming slowly well not slowly quickly and surely the best player or one of the best players in the world of all time and I think in this country we really wanted Rooney to be our Ronaldo or Messi. And yeah. yeah, Sometimes put in the same bracket and by the English press. Yeah, exactly, much. exactly. And and you can understand that in the early days, but of course, what Ronaldo and Messi then go on to do, and you know, still doing uh whereas whereas Rooney through no fault of his own particularly is just not but who is at that level you could argue that no one is in the history of the game or certainly if there is there's yeah, exactly, maybe one yeah. or two so it's no disgrace that Wayne Rooney ends up as as well f- for you know uh what am i right in saying at the time of recording england's top scorer of yeah. all time yes. harry kane will take that you would you would imagine but manchester united's top scorer as well you can't say the man didn't go on to do great things and so on but clearly when they were both at Manchester United, it was, I mean, Ferguson said it was his best ever team. Yeah. You know? yeah.
1: And I mean, this, this, I would argue that this incident doesn't really define them. I think it's that it's when they won the Champions League, mm. when a couple of seasons later, when Carlos Tevez is added to that trio. <laughs> and it's one of those things where, you know, we've seen it with Liverpool recently. We've seen it with Barcelona as well, a couple of times actually, you know, where a front three is almost like, they almost players one. And we Mm. feel like that area of the pitch is a sort of like symbiotic organism. Yeah, and the the three of those, those three together, was we've not really seen it in the Premier League very many times. Mm. And they that that's what I think of when I think of Rooney and Ronaldo Mm. is the way that they were just on a different level. Man United that season, and they were they were it was to the point where even though Man United dominated things and they were so frustrating. If you support a club who are, you know, ostensibly fighting for the title, and or, or you hate hate it when they come to yours and they batter you, and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. <laughs> all the things that frustrate you about those teams that are just dominating the league, you just it, it was so enjoyable as well. They were a really, really enjoyable team to watch, and it was because of those three.
0: You're absolutely right, Jim. Um, were you remembering the Champions League semi-final there at the Emirates?
1: I was trying not to. Okay, actually sorry, yeah, yeah.
0: but now I do. And it...
1: <gasps> what up <a> Marcus! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they, Yeah, that was not fun.
0: Yeah, indeed, indeed. Well, Ronaldo, of course, would go on to win the Euros many years later. Mm. But he would have to, his teammates to thank for getting them over the yes. in the final. And thousands and thousands of months. <laughs> <laughs> Should he thank the moths? I mean, well, we
1: don't know if they helped or hindered, do we? So, I, I think you have to include them in the conversation. We, we all enjoyed the
2: moths. The moths were very much in the final. Are
0: you suggesting Yuri Geller sent the moths? <laughs> <laughs> can he should... speak to moths? I Who didn't. knows?
2: He probably claims he can. I, I'd imagine so. I think we should end on that note.
0: Thank you very much for listening to this episode of the Football Ramble, brought to you in partnership with Toshiba TV. Remember that Toshiba TV and Argos are offering a free second-generation ring video doorbell with its 43-inch and 50-inch Toshiba Fire TV model. Search for Toshiba Fire TV on Argos for more information. Thank you, everybody. See you soon.
1: The Football Ramble is a stack
0: production and part of the Acast Creator Network.